This week on The Meg Rock Show, I was able to sit down with Jen Spiegel. Jen is a mom, a wife, and a serial soulful entrepreneur. In 2003, she left her corporate marketing career to be a stay-at-home mom. While she loving at home with her kids, she had this burning desire to set goals and create the life of her dreams. This voice inside of her head was too loud to ignore. She jumped into entrepreneurship, which has created a multiple seven-figure brand, memories made all over the world, and created radical responsibility for how she wants to spend her days. She's a certified health coach, a certified life coach, a business coach, and she wants to help women like you rise in business and in life. She says the impact she craves is seeing women give themselves permission to do all things and be courageous enough to go after that. You guys are going to love this podcast episode. Welcome to the Meg Rock Show with Manifesting Marge, enlightening you with high vibe spiritual guidance, interviews with high vibe people, and those who practice different healing modalities around the world. I help women manifest more love, more self love, more money, better health, and clarity on their life path. My purpose is to help you remember who the f you are. Let's rock this out. Welcome, Jen. I'm so excited to have you on the Meg Rock Show. Thank you for having me. This is a treat. Yes. Well, anyone that's soulful is is a sister of mine, and I know that you are a soulful entrepreneur, and you are a soulful coach. So where did your entrepreneurial life, like where did that kind of all take place? And where did you decide, oh my gosh, like uh, this is, this is who I am. I want to help other women. I want to be a coach and I want to lead others. What is your story? Mm. 16 years ago, I was um, a stay at home mom. I had left a really beautiful corporate career that I loved but I didn't love it more than I loved my babies. And so I made the decision to stay home with them. And quickly I lost myself. I, I love being a mom. I'm now a mom of four and it is my pleasure and it is my gift in life and the biggest blessings. However, as a human, as a woman, I just felt this stir constantly. I knew there was more to me and I wasn't sure how to do this because I felt like I would have to sacrifice one thing for the other. So if I went back to work, I would sacrifice my children. Or if I didn't go back to work, I was sacrificing that to be with my children. And entrepreneurship really fell on my lap. I started 16 years ago in network marketing. That was my taste. That was the spark for entrepreneurship. And I know it is for many women. That is sort of where they start to gain their footing. And I grew a very substantial network marketing business um, from my home. But what I realized in that journey, I had had a very rocky terrain. So my journey is not one of those beautiful stories that it was just this beautiful, you know, evolution to the top and leadership. It definitely wasn't that. It was really sort of sprinkled and peppered with a lot of hardships and a lot of personal challenge, um, a divorce that I went through, and then also, you know, really stepping into leadership. And then once I got there at the top of this company, realizing I don't actually really know how to be a leader. And that was not a fun circumstance to be in a place where you had a lot of heartbeats that you were caring for and to have the realization that I don't think I know who I am in leadership. So that didn't feel great. And that's really what led me on the journey of where I am today. And to become a leadership expert is the forgiveness of that and the working through of that and the compassion. So when I 
proclaim soulful. I really mean that because I do believe the greatest leaders are oftentimes the ones who have had the most struggle or the most to overcome. And through that, it it cars and chisels us into very compassionate human beings where we realize that we all have a story. We all have things we'll go through and you become less judgmental and more forgiving of others as well. And so that has really been where or how I got to where I am today. And, and there's no looking back now. Well, that's so cool. So I started in network marketing as well and, and got to the top of my company. And so I still have that business, but 12 years and last year I turned 40 and I have also been on this journey of, um, of wanting to help people in a bigger way and understanding my, my superpowers, um, in my, in my business and, and that network marketing business and what I constantly found myself coaching on and how I was leading, leading people. And I thought, you know what? I know I can help that group of people, but I want to help other people. I want to, I want to help as many people as I can. So I think that's really cool that our, our stories are very, very, very similar. And I love the forgiveness part because I feel like oftentimes when we do, you know, have, um, get to those places where we have people watching us and we do have respect and people are saying, okay, well, what is she doing now? You know, how can I be more like her? We have this need to, to feel like we have to do everything perfectly. And when we don't, we're extremely hard on ourselves. And I love that you, that you just mentioned forgiveness because I feel like, and I know throughout, throughout our life, like our journey is constant forgiveness. It's forgiveness for other people and having compassion and empathy and knowing other people aren't perfect, but it's forgiveness and passion for ourselves because I tell people, oh my gosh, yes, I'm a manifesting coach and I help people to understand how to quit the self-sabotage and to undo those traumas of their past that keep them locked in a victim, but I'm no pro. I'm still doing it every day. I mean, healing is an onion. I mean, it's constantly, once you heal one layer, there's another layer and another layer. And so I love that you bring up forgiveness because it is so huge. And the more, the more people that are watching us, the more responsibilities we have, the more people that we feel like we're carrying, that responsibility just gets really, really big. And and I b- truly, truly wholeheartedly believe that we have to not take ourselves so seriously and re- realize that we are imperfectly perfect mm-hmm. and forgiveness is the key of it all. So I want to ask you, what do you think now that you have stepped into um, what it really means to be a leader and how you want to lead, obviously, the globe. I mean, you're in Toronto. I'm outside of Atlanta. We both have a background in network marketing and you've got clients and people that you're helping all over the world. What do you think the key components are to great leadership? How do you feel like you're leading the way that you want to? What are what are those key points? That's a great question. And it's... Um... It's really nice to have this conversation. I just have to say, this is soul food for me to be able to have two women come together and be in sisterhood. And when I just want to come back to forgiveness, because this will also answer that question is what I realized is the forgiveness often 
and this is leadership. We feel we need to forgive other people for these circumstances. It's constantly, really, it's an ego. You know, I need to forgive her for how she treated me. I need to forgive him for the relationship that broke. And oftentimes it's actually about self-forgiveness. That was the hugest shift for me because it's still a level and hear me out friends. Like I, I, I don't mean this in any way other than like just opening us up to more. It's still a level of victimhood and it's still a level of martyrism when we're constantly looking outside of ourselves. Like we have to forgive them versus turning around. And what I learned is how can I forgive myself? Because I also allowed that situation to happen. Where could I have done better? What boundaries could I have set? And I have to forgive myself that I allowed that person to treat me like that for so long and that I didn't stand up in my personal power. I also had to forgive myself for the projection. So it was interesting because when I was going through my divorce, I was at the spike of my career. I mean, my, my business was growing exponentially. And then in my home, my life was crumbling apart. So talk about a contrast and polarity. I mean, it was just two totally different worlds and I couldn't make sense of it for the longest time. I felt in some way I was being punished and maybe God doesn't want me to have this level of success. And maybe he's trying to tell me to come down and like, be more humble. I mean, I was coming up with all of these stories, but what I realized is that divorce also created compassion and also allowed me to know that people are people and me learning to forgive myself through that journey and then forgive how people received that and and wanted to take that really tender point in my life and use that as some sort of, I gotcha. Um, That was a whole lot of forgiveness that took a lot of time. But on the other side of that, what I realized is that was created or I walked through that in my life And it opened the doors to where I am today. The reason I started coaching was I would have women daily come to me and say, I'm having a hard time in my marriage or my marriage is falling apart. And I did not feel qualified to have those conversations other than just having my own personal story. And so I went back to school to be a life coach. I thought I need to have tools. I need to be able to have conversations with these women and serve them versus just, again, project some of my hurts or some of my still my fresh wounds upon the world. And it led me down this beautiful path. So leadership and what creates great leadership is the understanding, and this sounds so cliche, but it is so true when you really get it, that everything is happening for you. And that in those times that feel really hard, and there's just no other word for it. There's just times that feel really hard. It's being able to almost have a bird's eye view and the maturity, I suppose, to ask yourself, like, what is it in this? There's got to be good in everything. I believe there's good in everything. What is the lesson here and how can I apply it? Because so often we think about the lesson and then we just go back to habitual behavior. Leadership is about constantly refining ourselves and tweaking and shifting and being really open to feedback for ourselves and feedback from others so that when we lead others, it's very integral. And that's what I teach. I mean, I'm here to shift the paradigm in leadership so that we stand in integrity and we stop projecting our wounds instead, take the time to heal so that as you elevate into that leadership role, you're able to hold it. And you're also able to hold other people in that. Oh, that's so good. You know, it's interesting. I was just having a conversation with someone about dealing with um, a difficult family member and, and from an energy healing perspective, what I know is right. All, all energy, or all emotions have an, a frequency 
an energetic frequency. And when we are looking even at a, a situation, a marriage, a career, a person, and when we're thinking of whatever it is and we're projecting our emotions and it's all negativity, 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 you know, oh, I can't stand that person or can't believe they did that to me. Or, you know, my, you know, when I think of my marriage, it just makes me sad. Or when I think of my ex-husband, he just drives me crazy. And I just wish he would just go away, whatever it is. When we are, when we are using our thoughts in a low frequency way towards whatever it is, what we're doing is we are adding more trauma and more wounds over the situation. We're hurting ourselves, but we're energetically also hurting whatever it is that we're thinking about. And we're not offering healing to whatever it is we're thinking about. And when it beca- it's a person, when it's a person, and I'm not saying don't have boundaries and, and not know your worth. Absolutely. That's number one for sure. But when you're thinking about a person and you are thinking of how they've hurt you or what they did to you, right? Stepping into that ego and not taking responsibility for the role you played in it, but just constantly sending them these negative, low-frequency emotional daggers, you're hurting yourself, but you're also hurting them and you're not allowing that healing to happen for them. And what happens is you cloud you with your thoughts and your intention. You cloud their clarity for them to see clear in the situation And you are helping them to take those situations and to handle them in a way that are just going to make you mad and make it worse. But when we send them love and we send them compassion and we send them understanding and we know that they're imperfect, imperfectly perfect, just like we are, and we choose to see the good in the situation and we just send them love, we offer them clarity, they get clarity and how they respond to us is healing and we shift the energy of it all. We shift the energy of it all. So that goes back to exactly what you were saying. I'm thinking of it from an energy healing perspective, but that's it. Yeah. It's it. And, and also here's something you just brought this up for me. Like, I love this conversation. I am. Thank you. So one of the things too, is that I learned there are greatest teachers. Those people in our lives that challenge us the most are our greatest teachers and they're mirroring something to us. So it's a blessing sometimes in disguise, right? We don't see it right away, but it is a blessing. And I love how you say that when we are giving our power over to that person, which is basically what we're doing, we're constantly giving power away from ourselves by giving that negative energy. What would it feel like if just for a second, you entertained bringing that power back to you and looking at that person and going, what am I to learn through this? Who can I become through this. It is so much easier said than done, especially when you're in the thick of things. But if we can pause and just have like a little moment of contemplation, then that's when I really believe we start to shift it back into like, oh, grace and forgiveness and understanding and into our personal power. Well, and exactly what you said of what exactly what you said when you said, gosh, I just said a lot of suds in there. (laughs) Um, When the person has done you wrong, right? You look at how I, how I could have handled it differently and the role that I play in it. And it all comes back to us because we all want to point fingers and say, well, they did this. Well, if we come back to us and we shift the energy within us, we shift the energy of the whole experience, which allows how they're going to respond and how we move forward. It makes it all better. So instead of pointing fingers, we do need to look at us. And the other thing that I wanted to say is everything is in divine time and perfect order. And when you understand 
that as souls, we call these people in and these experiences in before we even come here to learn, then you start seeing these experiences, just like you said, as, oh my gosh, where's the beauty in this for me? What did they show me about myself? What is it in me that needs healing so that I can look at this situation, this perfect in a different manner? Thank you. Thank you. Because that, that is the journey of the soul. That is spiritual and soul growth is to look at these moments, these people, these experiences that weren't so great and go, how did I grow? How did I evolve? How did this change me? And when we do that, we become the victor and we don't live in that victim of God, why is this happening to me? Why, you know, what did I do to deserve this? Now, like I said, a lot of people think that everything that's happened in their life, they've manifested. What did I do? What did I do? Where did I mess up? Granted, you have the power to manifest that's free will and choice. But I believe a lot of the things that we experience in our life have already been set in stone. It's our soul growth to decide how we're going to manifest and move forward in those situations and with those people. I hear from you like moving through it, which I just love because so often we want to go around it or over it. Like, how can I avoid this situation versus how can I walk through this situation? And another thing you brought up for me, which I just think is really important to point out is when we are in that circumstance and we are, you know, really owning our, the word responsibility, which I love speaking about responsibility, but when we start to take responsibility and heal ourselves through that, here's something else that should be very enlightening and really energize you to do this is you have the potential to heal somebody else. So through doing your own healing, you're also able to potentially, you don't have to take responsibility for that, but potentially show the person what it's like to forgive, what it's like to step up and take action and learn and grow. And that to me, that's what gives me that energy in those times where I feel depleted. It's just what can, what good can come of this? I mean, this is the most incredible way to live. It is the most incredible way to live, which leads me to why are you so passionate about teaching leadership to entrepreneurs? What are you looking at the world? You know, it's, it's so, I always talk about Sarah Blakely. Um, and I just love that we are moving into a time and my friend, Jessica's week, I don't know if you know who Jessica's week is. She's an author and she has a huge marketing company in Chicago. And I just think of these two entrepreneurs because I feel like they are nurturing. I know they are, they're nurturing the, the body, the mind, and the soul. And when they're leading those, you know, those employees that they have and their family of business, they're looking at the whole person and not just making a dollar and, you know, and climbing over people and being so full of ego. And I love that. And this time that we're in right now, more of that is happening. So speak about that from, you know, a leadership perspective? Like what is it that you're wanting to really teach entrepreneurs about soulful leadership? Yeah. So for me, I feel a deep calling. This is God given to support entrepreneurs because what, what I'm seeing is a lot of scurrying. That's how I describe it is especially women. This is new territory for us. We have never in history, like we are literally 
changing history right now. That just makes me so excited to be a part of, but we have never held families. We have never held finances the way we have. We have never held businesses the way we have. We've never had relationships the way we've had. We are literally shifting the paradigm. And in that comes a huge level of responsibility. And if we don't hold that and notice that and really acknowledge that, what we end up doing is scurrying around and it comes into this like frantic energy. And where I'm hearing a lot of women saying, I'm an overwhelm. I'm overwhelmed. You are not overwhelmed. You are not to that emotion. You may be feeling that, but you are not that. And what are you projecting? So as soon as we're leading one person, that could be a client. It could be someone on your team. As soon as you have one person who has said yes to you and to follow you there, you are now in leadership. And so for me, the responsibility and what I love teaching is personal leadership going back to your core values and your mission and what really matters to you. Because when you can clearly define that, you start the word discernment and you start to filter things through and you're discerning as you lead rather than making these knee-jerk decisions or, you know, um, plagiarizing somebody or chasing somebody. No, there's no race here. There is more than enough for everybody. And so when we can really ground ourselves and anchor ourselves into our values and morals, that's when we step into integral leadership. And this is to me, the most beautiful breathtaking, like Sarah Blakely, like they don't have to prove themselves. They're not there stepping on, like you said, on top of someone to get further ahead because they are so peacefully confident in who they are and what they have to offer. And that's where that expansion starts to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just sitting here thinking of these beautiful CEOs that I know that are totally shifting the paradigm. But I mean, like you just said, we're all leaders. I mean, we're leading in our homes, we're leading in our community. So it looks the same way everywhere. But going back to discernment, I just look at um, my friend Jessica Zwag that I just talked about just a minute ago. She has a Zen room in her office. And if people need quiet time, you know, whatever it is, just to take a break, like they know that they can go there. And that to me is, it's what we're missing in our world because we are so programmed, especially in America and very much so in Canada, but really I'd say America is probably the worst. We are so programmed to, um, to work our minds and to work our bodies and to overwork and to overwork and to overwork. And we have totally forgotten that little voice, that inner, inner compass, that intuition that is our guiding light and is what everything should be filtered through. We have forgotten all of that. And I really feel like that's why we have so many sick people, so many people that are burnt out, so many people that are, are overwhelmed and so confused and, and, and living a life full of pressure because they don't know any differently. And so when that discernment comes in, you go, oh my gosh, I love my career. Yes, I have income goals. Yes, I want to do these things. But I, my soul, my internal compass is telling me to slow down and to rest. And that's that discernment, that soulful part, that spirit part that as a globe and really in the United States, we have completely neglected with our children and our schooling and our businesses and in leadership across the board. And, and I mean, I'm talking to you right now and you're one of those people that I could put in that category of, of shifting this paradigm, but it's truly an exciting time 
that this is happening. And I, you know, and I hate that so many people are home from home from work and not going into their, you know, to their offices as much. And, and I want people to have the choice, the freedom to do that, have an office space. And if they feel led to go into the office, they should be able to. But I do love the fact that there are a lot of people now that are going to be able to work from home. Because I think you do have to have that structure. You do have to have, um, you know, the own, your own, uh, your own get up and go and self-responsibility to, to balance your life when you work from home. But like there's some days, I mean, I'm some days I look fixed up and cute on a podcast today. I have on a beanie, I have on very little makeup and I have on pajama pants and my pullover, but guess what? We're rocking the world together. And my soul told me today, Meg, you've got others. I'm going out of town tomorrow. You know what? Just rock it. Just do your thing. You know, instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to be fixed up and I have to do all the things. I am in a place at almost 41 where I am led completely by my soul and my spirit. And if I'm not aligned with what it is that I think I have to do, I don't do it. And I lived most of my life going, oh my gosh, but I have to do it this way. Or it doesn't matter how I feel. This is what I have to do. And so discernment, exactly what you just said, and leadership is so important. And for so many of us that are teaching it and and talking about it so much more, the most powerful thing to me is the fact that our children are watching us do it. We're teaching our children to be led by their soul and their spirit. And that's where the good stuff happens. You cannot be successful in your body or your mind if you've forgotten your soul and your spirit. Mm. Yeah. And who wants that success? I don't want to sign up for that. I mean, I want to sign up for the success where it just feels because ultimately I I work with a lot of people who are like, I want to reach that million dollar year. And I always ask them why, and not in a challenging way, because absolutely let's, let's make that happen. But why? And it always comes down to a feeling. It has very little to do with money in the bank and how that would feel in their lives. And so it's what I teach is like, how can you be that today? Why do you need to wait for a million dollars in order to feel peace? Why do we need to wait for a million dollars in order to feel worthy? Why do we need to wait for a million dollars to start making memories as a family? You don't need to be on a yacht to create a great memory. I mean, sure. Let's dream that. Let's do that. But in the meantime, how can you step in and be that person, be that leader today? And I think so many of us are not practicing the celebration of our lives. And when I'm coaching people and teaching people, it's like, how can we celebrate? I mean, people know me for this term, but I live in obsessive gratitude. Like it's ridiculous, but that's when I finally found my happiest spot where running water out of my tap was no longer just turning a tap on and drinking water. It was like, wow, I can turn on a tap and get clean water. This is special and worth celebrating to a new client, to my children accomplishing something. Everything deserves the act of celebration so that we're always in gratitude and leading from that really generous place. Oh, so beautiful. So beautiful. And we are where we live in such a fast paced world that we do take the smallest things for granted. And we are not stopping to, to think, to, to think to ourselves, oh my gosh, I have the ability when I'm thirsty to go turn on a water faucet. And there are plenty of people around the world who, who don't have that, who don't have that. And you can't be too grateful. So I love that you're obsessed with gratitude. Well, it is all over your face. I mean, you are just, 
you are a light and you are absolutely beaming. So that is not surprising to me that you live like that because I can see it all over your energy. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Sure. And I, I don't know if anybody's ever told you your aura, but you have a lot of lilac and light blue around you, which our aura can change, but I can see your aura around you. You can, especially, especially around the owls, like the owls that are sitting behind you Ooh. on the couch. Yes. I can totally see your aura. So mm. beautiful. Oh my goodness. Give me God bumps. <laughs> That's amazing. So pretty. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I know that you're also a podcaster. I cannot wait to listen to your podcast. I mean, I can't get enough of listening to podcasts. Absolutely love it. It just feeds my my soul and um and love talking to people live. Obviously, that's why I started a podcast. I mean, it's so fun to listen to them, but oh my gosh, even better to be able to interview the people that you would normally be listening to. Right. So this was absolutely amazing. Tell our listeners how they can find you, what you offer, your Instagram handle, all the good things. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Becoming iconic is the podcast. So becoming iconic is my, my company and the podcast. It's kind of taken this really neat twist this year. It's more of a masterclass. So I teach a lot of coaches and business and life coaches. And, um, I was seeing a lot of masterclasses being put out there and I thought, well, I feel like I do that every week. So it's taken a really neat shift into being a weekly masterclass. I'd love people to come over and check that out. And it's Jen Spiegel. So that's a funky last name. And I always say to my husband, whenever he doubts, I'm like, listen, you remember I took your last name and you remember how much I love you. So it's Jen with one N S Z P I G I E L. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes, but come check me out on Instagram. I love to play over there. And one of the things I really want to be an encourager of, and I know that this is something you stand for as well is conversation. I am in my DMS. That's not somebody else. That's not somebody answering on my behalf. I really do value relationship and conversation. So please never hesitate as well. If you feel like sparking up something to come on over in the DMS, because that is a pleasure of mine to meet new people. Oh, you are so beautiful. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Well, I'm so excited to finally meet you. And this was amazing. We will definitely have to do it again soon. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Jen. If you thought today rocked, subscribe to the Meg Rock Show podcast, leave a review, and let me know what your takeaway was. All of my social is linked in the show notes. Screenshot this episode and tag me on Instagram at TheMegRock. For more info on me and to take my quiz to find out what energy blocks you have in your life and in your home, and maybe even coaching, go to ManifestingMarge.com. Repeat after me. I am a powerful, loving, radiant, abundant, badass warrior goddess. I am here to rock out this lifetime. It doesn't serve me or the world to play small. I am worthy of all that I desire. See you in the next episode. The Meg Rock Show podcast and all content created by Manifesting Marge LLC is created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have for a medical condition or concern. Meg Schwarzrock is not a doctor or a therapist.